You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. They've got 300 metres to go. This is what we've been waiting for. Gay Adam the inside, Rufus Youngblood the outside. They're locked together. Rufus Youngblood has moved up. He's poked his nose in front. Rufus Youngblood just in front of Gay Adam. They're fighting it out. Rufus Youngblood the outside. Gay Adam kicking again the inside. Rufus Youngblood, Gay Adam. It's going to be a ding-dong as they hit it. Dead heat. Yes, that was an amazing night. The crowd was just busting at the seams. 87, the Queensland Derby with those two outstanding horses coming away and you wouldn't believe it when they hit the line. They couldn't have scripted it any better. But Rufus Youngblood getting it over Gay Adam. Let's remember Wayne Wilson today. I know he had a lot to do with Chris Barsby's career in the early days, didn't he, Chris? Good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Without doubt, uh, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Wayne Wilson. Uh, his efforts in shaping my career, encouraging me, and giving me opportunities is something that I'll never forget. I treasure it every day. Every day I walk onto a racetrack, Steve, I always think of Wayne, no matter if it's a thoroughbred or a harness meeting. So, uh, yeah, huge role in my career, coupled with the fact that, you know, I was able to work with Wayne early and then David Fowler. And another person that's no longer with us like Wayne uh, from North America, a guy by the name of Sam McKee. I had the the luxury of uh, going to North America and uh, working alongside him just in a very short period of time. uh, He had a profound impact on me as well. So without doubt, uh, those three guys, but Wayne was the one that captured my Mm. imagination and uh, his level of professionalism is just something that I'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, is there one thing in particular that you just remember when you were learning and going through the, the ropes or learning the ropes, so to th- think, and he was listening to your calls on tape? Is there one thing, piece of advice that he gave you that you never f- forgot, so to speak? Yeah, it was very simple too. Watch and learn. You don't need to go out there and try and be a hero. He said, just watch and learn. So that was something that uh, I took to heart very closely uh, rather than trying to um, you know, imitate these guys. It was just watching them do their craft. And it was the same when I was working with David. I was going to the, the trot meetings at Albion Park on a Saturday night. I'd sit in the box and I'd just watch these guys and they were masters of their craft. And uh, David still is today. So it wasn't about, you know, trying to overdo it. It was just a simple little bit of advice that still rings true today. Just watch mm. and learn. Yep. Gavin Fitzpatrick is our first guest, Chris. Well, Gavin Fitzpatrick is uh, a man that knows his way around a racetrack, and he uh, he said a big one there on Saturday night down in Sydney at Menangle, taking out the J.D. Watts Memorial with South Coast Arden. This is the big-name horse Steve we've been talking about for some time. Two starts now on Aussie soil, two victories. He went to Bathurst to score first up, and then he rolled into Menangle on Saturday night and took some big scalps down in Spirit of St. Louis, the reigning of the Dominion champ by Carl Snow Shadow, Bondi Lockdown, amongst others, and uh, he went really fast time, 49-1. Let's find out the latest with South Coast Arden, and Gavin's online with us now. Gavin, appreciate the time. Yeah, good morning, Chris. What did that feel like for you on Saturday night, uh, winning that race, but just the way he went about it and the time he recorded? Uh, yeah, it was, he was very, I was very impressed with him. Um, we sort of went into the race not not really knowing what to expect with him. Um, he had a nice win first up at Bathurst that is sort of uh, much lesser opposition than what he faced the other night. 
Um, but yeah, the, they they went really hard all the way. It was a real genuine run mile, and he sort of, I think, really appreciated that. And um, yeah, he did a great job to get there. How much improvement did he show from winning first up at Bathurst to, to doing what he did the other night? Uh, yeah, I'd say a fair bit. He, he was, he's a funny sort of horse, but at Bathurst he sort of hit the front and just started look sort of stargazing and just did what he had to do um, the other night. But, yeah, I think he definitely stepped up a notch the other night. And... Um, he, you know, he was never actually... I never thought he was going to get there, but the last sort of 20, 30 yards, he really dug deep. Mm. He's always been uh, so highly regarded in New Zealand. He was previously with Brent Mangos. Some of his better wins, Gavin, in New Zealand was when he was able to lead. So how pleasing was it for you guys now, knowing that he's been able to beat high-quality opposition here and run them down so he's not just, you know, being out in front and doing it his own way? Yeah, very pleasing, uh, Chris. He, um, yeah, that well, they, that's how they sort of sent him over. They sent him over for the mile racing at Menangle. I think with that in mind, um, you know, that he likes to get out and sort of freewheel along. But um, yeah, sort of at Menangle, there's plenty of plenty of others with the same thing in mind. So you've got to be adaptable, and it's good to see that he is. And um, you know, they're always usually pretty genuine run races. So it's good that. You know, we've got options with him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, both of his wins so far have been sort of uh, similar where he hasn't been in front. He had that tricky draw at Bathurst first up and he was forced to uh, do a bit of work and he dug deep, Clark Sean there. And then the other night, coming off that hot tempo, just on that race on Saturday night, 53-3 first half, were you sort of sitting back in your position during the running thinking, we're flying here, they've got to slow up at some point? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. You know, like obviously they were class horses, and you, you know they can run a, a quick mile. But you know they just they had to come back at some stage. Um, yeah, he he was sort of he had us. They had us off the bit too. You know, I was tapping up, and but sort of at the six hundred, he started to grab the bit, and um, yeah, and when I pulled out, he moved really good. So that you know that gave me confidence that he he, he might be able to run him down. Okay. Is there still some room for improvement in your opinion? Oh, I'd like to think so. He that was only second run off oh, for quite a long time now. Um he he had like a three month spell before he come to us, so he's a big sort of burly sort of horse, so you'd like to think there'd be a little bit, but you know, in saying that, you know, he, he went great the other night, so it'd be good to keep him at that level. Okay. He's not in this weekend, so is there a race Saturday week that you're eyeing off? Yeah, yeah, we'll look to put him in Saturday week. It's a mile race again. Um, sort of just at the moment, look, keeping him to the mile racing at the moment. But, um, yeah, I didn't want to really back him up after that run the other night. It was a pretty pretty tough run. Yeah. Uh, 49-1, you've driven a lot of winners at Menangle. Is that the quickest mile you've recorded as a winning driver? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be. Um, been beaten, like, closely beaten in 48 a few times. And But, um, yeah, I think that would be the quickest winning one, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, very fast time. Now, some of those horses that you conquered there on the weekend, uh, uh, Jason Grimson had a number of runners there, the McCarthy's had a number of runners. They're all likely to head to, to Brisbane. Uh, I think the McCarthy's are heading up this weekend. So... 
does that mean it's going to get easier or it's still going to be quite competitive down there? Uh, yeah, hard to say. I, you know, as you said, uh, Jason Grimson and and the, the McCarthy's, they've probably got the the, the most um, of the free-for-allers. So you would think it might get a little bit easier. Um, and I think all their big guns sound like they're going to go to Queensland. So, yeah, um, it might get a little bit easier, but, it, you know, there's always going to be some nice ones in them free-for-alls at Menangle, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. If he continues to, to keep winning, Gavin, do you sort of keep an eye on Queensland and think he, he probably earns the, the right to go up and have a shot at a race like the Sunshine Sprint or the Blacks of Fate? Will his form dictate that? Yeah, I think so, Chris. Yeah, it, it hasn't. we haven't discussed it with the owners at all yet, but we've just sort of the whole way along just took a pretty careful approach with him, just one run at a time sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think if he holds his form like the other night, you know, you'd have to seriously consider it. Okay. Here's a hypothetical for you. Given how he performed the other night, he's gone 49-1, and Zeus Bromack, who's the other stable star for you guys, at his best, if they were in the same race, which one would you drive? Uh, oh, well, yeah, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> um, oh, I've always been pretty loyal to Zeus. Um, you know, I, I think he can still run them times. So, but, you know, this guy's winning me over. Um <laughs> If you had that, if it was on tomorrow, I'd still stick with Zeus at this stage. But you know, oh, look, on untapped potential, I think this horse has probably got more of it. But um, I think Zeus is, you know, such a great race horse and that. And you know, this horse, he's got a few little quirks and that. But um, as far as potential, you know, he's got he's got loads of it. Yeah, he's a serious horse. South Coast, Arden, no question about it. Proven Group One winner in New Zealand. Speaking of Zeus, what's the update with him? Yeah, he's about two weeks off, two to three weeks off the trials. He he won't make Queensland this year. He, he got a bit crooked during the carnival here, and uh, we just uh, decided to turn him out. Yeah, so he, he's actually looking great now. So um, hopefully, you know, he can contest a few of them free for alls while the big guns are away here. Okay. Uh, Health-wise, he, he's back to full fitness and uh, he, he's working well? Yeah, he is. He is. It did take him a while to get over it, actually, but um, the last month or so, uh, we've been really happy with how he feels in his work, yeah. All right. So we'll let him miss the, the winter, but we'll see him here during the end of the million later in the year? Yeah, for sure. I'd like to think so, for sure, yeah. He, um, he handled the series great last year in Melbourne, so, yeah, be looking forward to coming up to the Inters later in the year. It'd be a nice one-two punch if you bring both for the Inter later this year. Yeah, it would be. It would be, yeah. No, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I guess a lot of water to go under the bridge still then. But, yeah, definitely I think Zeus, would, um, it, it looks a really good series for him, yeah. Okay, awesome. I really appreciate the time. Job well done with South Coast Arden. Two for two. 49-1 there winning the J.D. Watts Memorial on Saturday night. Uh, we'll be in touch and hopefully we'll see you in, uh, in Queensland in July. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Chris. There's Gavin Fitzpatrick joining us. So South Coast Arden keeps doing what uh, most expected. He was able to come over here and uh, score a very strong performance there on Saturday night. 49-1 down in Spirit of St. Louis and the reigning Inter-Dominion champ and I cast no shadow.
Talia McMullen is in super form, along with her partner, Trent Letherby. They've got two horses in particular, both former Kiwis, both by Art Major, and they're low-flying. Lydia's up as a three-year-old. They're showing any amount of potential. And red right hand, he is just absolutely in the zone right now. Talia McMullen is going to be the spokesperson for the pair of them this morning. She joins us online now. Talia, appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks for having me. Hey, both horses, they're low flying right now, so you must be thrilled. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's nice to have the team going really well, so it's great. Which one is giving you the better feel right now? Is it the young three-year-old who's starting to put it all together, or is it red right hand? Uh, definitely red right hand. Um, the little three-year-old, Artie, he probably still has a bit of improving to do, and uh, the horses he's been beating probably haven't been super flash, but... Uh, Red right hand has been doing it pretty good and, and beating some nice horses. He can follow speed, can't he, and then just drop a really quick quarter himself. Yeah, he was really good, especially last start. It's pretty hard to come that wide and, and still hit the line like that. So he was pretty impressive and, and run a nice mile and seems to be improving. Okay. When he arrived from New Zealand, what was the expectations? Did you think you'd have a nice horse that'd make it to Saturday night level and, and just be a good money spinner? Or what, what was the, the feeling when he first arrived? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, we didn't know too much about him. Trent's dad actually bought him and he was friends with the trainer over there and he worked him in New Zealand and he said that he really liked him and thought he would do a really good job over here. So he bought him and, and sent him to us and yeah, he always worked pretty good. He only really does what he has to, but he gives a pretty nice feel. And um, yeah, he seems like he'll go through the grades pretty good. He's a good style of horse too, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's really nice. He's so so lovely to drive. You wish that they were all like him, and he just seems like he really wants to win. Does he give the feel that he is going to get you know deeper into his grades on, on the Saturday night level? I think so. I think he'll probably be a little bit better on the fence too and follow speed. He seems to be a little bit sharper over the mile, but um, no, I definitely think he's improving. You know, he's not used to the Australian style of racing where they just go run the whole way, and I definitely think he's getting used to it now and, and continues to improve. Well, he's gone back to back, and he lines up in the final because that last star that he had was a heat. So can he take the final? I hope so. You don't exactly know the horses in it yet, but um, I'd hope for a nice draw or a nice trailing draw. But he's been going really good and, and seems to pull up well each run he has. So hopefully he should be a good chance in the final. Three starts ago, he was awesome behind uh, Leap to Fame, state's best pacer. Many think he's the best pacer in the country. So uh, it's sort of set the tone for what he's been able to achieve uh, in, in the last couple of weeks. That performance that night was very, very good. Yeah, he was really good. Obviously, a little bit of pressure that we didn't really expect, but, you know, he, he was entitled to give up a little bit that night and he fought on really good. So I think he's, he's got a pretty big heart and hopefully he'll go through the grades really good. OK, well, that's red right hand. What about Lydia's art? Uh, he's building up a nice little record. He came over as a maiden. He's now won uh, his past two starts. He stepped up in grade today. He goes around in race six. He's drawn gate two. What What are the expectations today? It's definitely a step up in grade today, but um, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. He, he does seem like he's improving and his work's been a lot stronger. So 
that's definitely a positive and, and hopefully he handles the, the step up. I think he's not the type of horse to do anything more than he really has to. So hopefully uh, racing one bit better might get him to do a little bit more. It is a deep race. So you've got this newcomer drawn to your inside, the Bowden Blues, who, who look really sharp in a recent trial. And sure thing, Captain lines up, drawn the outside of the second row, hasn't started since the New South Wales derby. What would be a pass mark today for Lydia's art? Uh, well, it's kind of hard to say, I guess. Um, you know, if you draw on the fence, you probably want him to finish just behind them. But I'm not really sure where he ends up. But as long as he kind of just hits the line, nice I'll, I'll be happy with him um, yeah obviously the one horse that I had a really nice trial and short captain he's a pretty nice horse so um, those two are probably the standout but hopefully you know some of those others he, he'll still be a little bit better then have you and Trent sort of mapped any plans for him over the next couple of weeks I know it's going to be really tough uh, when all the southerners come up is there any sort of planned short-term targets for him uh, not really at this stage. I guess we'll have to see how he goes today. And um, obviously the rating system um, means he's up in grade a little bit. So if he kind of handles that, then possibly, you know, he could go into some three-year-old races. But um, just have to see if he handles the step up. Okay. Speaking of the carnival races, uh, Red Castleton, another horse for yourself and Trent. Uh, he's the stable favourite. He's been doing the job for, for so long now. Are you going to aim up at some of those big trotting features? Yeah, definitely. We've been so lucky to have him in our stable. And um, probably last year was a little bit disappointing over the carnival and didn't have a lot of luck either. But those stand races um, took a little bit out of him. So I think the plan this year is just try and save him for the last two nights. Um, those mobile trot races, obviously, it's going to be ultra competitive, but um, I think he's proven that he can follow the speed and, and follow those good ones, and especially if he gets the right run. Yeah, absolutely. How many races has he won for you and Trent? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I, I know recently he just got over 200,000 and it was over 100,000. Now that he's earned for us, I think he might have won like 10 races uh, for us or something. Mm. And the biggest thrill, uh, that victory in Sydney at Menangle? Yeah, definitely. That will be hard to top. So, yeah, maybe if he, if he could sneak a win over the carnivals, then that will definitely uh, might take the cake. Okay. Now, how many is Trent working right now? Because he does a fair bit of farrier work as well, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, he's got four in his name in work, and I've got one. Okay. Is it plans to expand? Um, I think five's a pretty good number. Um, there's a couple of yearlings there at the moment as well, which take a little bit of time. But um, obviously, you know, I think we're pretty good at kind of turning them over and getting new ones, and, and we enjoy doing that and, and moving them on when they hit their mark and getting some new ones is always good. But uh, yeah, we probably don't intend on having a, a massive team of horses. We like just having a few and poking around with them and spending a lot of time on them. Well, it's paying dividends right now, no question. Uh, all of those horses are going really well. And Trent's doing a bit of barrier work? Yeah, he's trying to get into that a, a little bit more now as well. Um, but, yeah, he does a really good job with that. And, uh, no, it's definitely pretty handy for me. All right. Well, the team's going well, no question about it. Red right hand. Uh, this guy today, Lydia's art, and hopefully Red Castleton 
uh, will show who's best during the carnival uh, over the next couple of weeks. Really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside today. Thank you. There's Talia McMullen. So Trent Letherby, Talia McMullen doing a super job. Those two horses are absolutely flying, no question. Red right hand and Lydia's art, and hopefully Red Carlson can show up during the carnival because, as we know, he's certainly capable. He can follow a really fast tempo. Luke Whittick is in form, and he's got two key drives today, one in race four and one in the last. He joins us now. Luke, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you going? Really well. Speaking of trotters and uh, this time of year, it was this time last year, well, getting close to it, that you were able to snare Group 1 glory yourself. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Um, you know, it was a big uh, day for me last year and getting that first one, um, first Group 1 for Shannon and Scott. So, yeah, it's a, it's a day that I uh, remember very gravely and, um, yeah, can't thank them enough for it. Is there a chance you might be able to pick up another drive and a feature during the carnival this year? Uh, you know, we've got a very nice team looking uh, forward to the carnival and uh, hopefully at some stage uh, there might be a couple in the same race and, um, you know, if that does happen, I'd be very grateful for an opportunity. So um, the way the team's going, they're, they're heading in the right direction uh, for the carnival. Yeah, no question. So uh, if they've got multiple runners, you'll put your hand up. You're ready to go. Let's talk about reason to shine in race four. Drawn the ace today. Oh, I find this filly intriguing. She's a neat little filly by poor reason. But that one start that she had, that's turned out to be a really strong form race. How do you rate her chances here? Yeah, that's right, Chris. Um, you know, Golden Fire, the horse that beat her first up, um, went on to go 153 at um, Albion on Friday. So, hey, the form looks good. Um, and she did have a trial at Redcliffe on uh, Wednesday last week behind a couple of very smart horses. So, um, you know, she's she's still she's still improving, and um, you know she still is a bit green, but um, you know she's in a in a very even two-year-old race today, and um, you know she's definitely a player. How how big an advantage is Gate One today? Oh, it's it's always an advantage no matter where you are. You know, um, you know if you can get out the gate and you know either either get a get a good lead or you know trial the right horse, it's it's always a big advantage being on the fence around Albion. There's no standout in this field. Just looking at it, there's a few that have had a number of opportunities. There's still that we're a little uncertain of, but which one sort of looms as the hardest to beat here? Yeah, the, you know, there's a couple in there that have, um, you know, been gone some good races. The horse, horse of Jack Butler's, you know, it's, it's run a couple of handy placings behind, um, you know, Grant Dixon's horses. And there's one off the back row that's um, Wayne Graham trained that um, we've got a bit of respect for too. So, hey, it's definitely an even field, but, um, you know, from the gate, she's definitely a player. All right. Well, that's a good uh, push there for reason to shine. What about your own runner in the last race, race 10? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that your first winner as a trainer when he scored here the other week? Uh, yes, in Queens, uh, in Australia it was. I had my first yeah. uh, New Zealand train winner, Childberg, uh, in 2020. So, yeah, it was my first training win in, in, uh, in Australia. Yes, Chris, it was. Okay. So that, that sort of explains why you showed a little bit of emotion crossing the line then. Yeah, that's right, Chris. You know, um, there's some owners in there that have been very close mates with me and, um, you know, they sent the horse over looking to give him an opportunity to continue racing where it wasn't looking likely in, in New Zealand. And, um, you know, there was a bit of emotion there because he hasn't been the easiest horse. He's had a lot of problems. And, um, you know, I can't thank the people like Shannon and Scott and Mitch that, you know, have supported me and, and guided me in the right direction when, you know, things probably weren't going going to plan when... Um, it should have been. So, yeah, without those guys, you know, backing me and, and putting me in the right direction, you know, I probably probably wouldn't be in that position. 
Okay. So he's a seven-year-old. He's only had the 39 starts, six wins, seven minors. So he's obviously had ability all the way through, but uh, what are some of the niggles that you've had to sort of deal with? Um, when he first come over, he was meant to, meant to line up in March and he got um, pretty crooked. So I just give him, a, you know, a, a month out and thought I'll, I'll just start from scratch. And, um, you know, he, he did come over a little bit skinny and from the trip and he didn't handle it that well as well. So, uh, you know, after that and getting crook, I, um, you know, just we decided to put him in the paddock and then and then come back in. And, you know, he started working up really good and then he got colic one day and, that sort of was another turn. So, you know, as I said, there was a lot of emotion because he, he hasn't been the easiest horse to, to deal with with his, with his problems that he's had. Did he surprise you in any way, shape or form the way he won first up the other day, went fast time, followed a good tempo and the format of his race has been really good because Eloisa Dale, who you beat, she's come out and gone 52. Yeah, that's right, Chris. But no, it didn't really surprise us at all. You know, he's, He's been working working at home with, you know, some of Shannon's best horses here. So, you know, his work had been really, really super le- leading up to it. And, and even Scott sort of said to me, I sort of decided I might trial him. And, and Scott said to me after he worked, you know, he's, he worked good enough, you know, against some nice horses that you could probably put him in. And if he, and if he draws good, you know, he'll be definitely be competitive. So that's the way I went. And, you know, he's always, he's always followed a good speed in New Zealand. But, you know, just the last probably three weeks, he's really kept improving. Can he win again today from that draw? Oh, it's definitely going to be tough from out there, but, you know, his his work's definitely been good and, and I think he's definitely improved from that run last start. So, you know, if, if the tempo's strong and, and he gets the right track into it, yeah, I definitely think he can win from out there. Okay, one final question for you, just in regards to your colours as a trainer. You're a Kiwi and you've got green and gold silk, so what, what's the story there? Are they family colours, are they? Yeah, that's right. I had uh, a training set in New Zealand, and you know, unfortunately, when I brought them over here, there was too many, too many um, drivers that had you know sort of the same colours, which is understandable. And you know, I had a good think about it, and you know, Dad's colours in New Zealand have always been green and gold, and and that's the way I sort of went. I went with my own design and put his colours in, so that's how the colours come about. Okay, was he proud when you won first up with Macara? Yeah, you know, mum and dad and, and the family are always supportive no matter what. But, you know, it's, you know, I think to win in sort of those colours and it represented, you know, mum and dad, you know, he did show quite a bit of emotion. And, you know, that's probably why I did salute a little bit because, you know, it makes me pretty proud when you can wear your family colours and, and you know, do well, especially as a first, uh, first start as a trainer. Yeah, great stuff. Well, hopefully we'll see more of them in the winner's circle over the coming weeks and months. Really appreciate the time today. We'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris.